The sermon that we consider today comes from our gospel reading. This is from Mark chapter 10. You can find it on page 1442 in your uh, pew Bibles. Uh, it's also printed in your worship folders. We see a request of two of Jesus' disciples and how that provided Jesus an opportunity to tell them about his upside-down kingdom. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. Those places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the gospel of our Lord. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It was last summer summer of 2020, that a professor from Princeton University posted on social media about a question that he had asked his class. And the question went something like this, what would your position be if you were white living in the South before the abolition of slavery in 1865? Not surprisingly, all of his students said that they would be abolitionists. They would fight tooth and nail to be able to, to overthrow the, the status quo and to free the slaves. That's not a surprising answer that they gave, especially in our world today. Who, who of us would even think that we would be a slave owner? So, of course, we would say that we'd want to, to free the slaves. And yet the Princeton professor continued by saying this, of course, this is nonsense. Only the tiniest fraction of them or any of us would have spoken up against slavery or lifted a finger to free the slaves. Most of them and us would have gone along. To back up his students' claims, he said he would believe them if they could show evidence that they have at risk to themselves or to their futures stood up for a cause that is so unpopular among many sectors of society. Of course, they probably wouldn't be able to show such evidence. Neither could we. 
It might be easy for us to stand up against slavery today. There's nobody that's shouting down our opinion or saying that it's a bad opinion. Yet life was a lot different in the 1800s in this country. Now, the point of the professor's exercise was not to excuse the atrocities of slavery, but rather to expose our own weaknesses in some ways or our own unwillingness to go against the crowd. We would much rather be be the same as the crowd. We would much rather hold the same opinions as many of the people that we surround ourselves with. We don't like to say something that may be unpopular or make people see us in a different way light. Many people might say that they march to the beat of their own drum, but few of us actually do. It's a condition that affects Christians as well. We don't like to be different. We don't like it when things are different. We see that in the people we hang out with. We like to hang out with a lot of the same types of people. We To venture out and and talk to someone new or different can be scary and intimidating at times. We don't always like to do new things in church as well. We don't like it when things are different. But even more than that, we don't always like to think differently than the world around us. We'd much rather think the same way as the world around us or if the few times that we might think differently, we tend to keep those voices a little bit quieter so that people don't know that we think all that different. We don't want to be seen as an outcast. And yet in our reading for today, Jesus turns this whole idea of being the same as the world upside down. He throws it out the window and he says, in fact, Christians are going to be different. Not just that Christians should be different, Christians are different. We are different because God has made us different. There's a recent mini-series on the life of Jesus that has come out called The Chosen. And they do a good job of portraying the, the different kind of ministry that Jesus did. And they have a a nice tagline for the way that Jesus does his ministry, and it really fits, and it really fits the life of a Christian too. And it's get used to different. So we need to get used to different and and seeing the world in a different way, seeing different things in a different light, different ideas, especially when it comes to what we think about with glory and what we think about as far as service as well. We're brought to that point by the request of two of Jesus' disciples, James and John. Two former fishermen, two brothers, friends of Peter, who along with Peter became kind of the inner circle of Jesus. They had been privileged to see some pretty amazing things that Jesus had done. And perhaps it was because of this that James and John thought that that they maybe deserved a little bit more honor, a little bit more respect, that, that maybe they deserved a little bit more responsibility than the other disciples. Now, before we critique James and John, we need to recognize them for the good things that they were thinking. First of all, when they came to Jesus, they said, uh, 
sorry, rather, they said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Now, first of all, they expected Jesus' kingdom to be one of glory, and that it would be. And secondly, they had the ambition to be part of that kingdom. Neither of these does Jesus condemn them for. But Jesus wants to teach them to have a different idea when it comes to glory. To think a little bit differently than the way that the world thinks when it comes to glory. Because James and John thought the way that the world thinks when it comes to glory. Summarized by Jesus a little bit later in our gospel, when he says, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. This is a summary of the way the world views glory. You have to have a high position and you have to have authority over other people. Because of that, then you are powerful, you're greater, you are more glorious. And even though James and John, along with the ten other disciples, had been taught by Jesus for the last few years, this idea of glory, of privilege, of responsibility, still appealed to them. And it's no different for us today, even as members of Christ's church, because we don't like to be different than people around us. It can be so easy to think about glory from the perspective that the world does about how much stuff you have, what kind of position you're able to obtain, what responsibility you have, the respect that you command. We can even have a similar idea of glory when it comes to the church, too, that, that hopefully many of us want to see this church be great and glorious and make a difference in the community. And yet to say that is one thing. To do that is a completely different, different thing. Because unfortunately, a big problem in the church, not only today, but even in the church of Jesus' day, is one of apathy. We can talk a big game, but we may not be able to back it up with our words. And so Jesus said, get used to different as far as what glory means. It's not what you expect it to be. And so Jesus asked James and John another question to see if they really knew what they were talking about when it came to Jesus' glory. He said, can you drink the cup that I drink from? Or can you be baptized with the baptism that I will be baptized with? James and John thought they could. They could talk the talk, but they really didn't know what they were talking about. The meaning of that question was, can you go through what Jesus is going through when it comes to his suffering for the sake of the gospel? Are you willing to go through that? Well, James and John may have said they were willing to do that. When the time came to put their money where their mouth was, they were not ready. They were not willing. Jesus reminded James and John that the road of glory that Jesus talks about, the road of glory that Jesus would walk is not paved with gold and parades and roses. It's not filled with unlimited budgets and people clamoring to hear you. But rather, it's quite the exact opposite. 
when the time came for Jesus to drink his cup, to be baptized with his baptism, all of his disciples turned and fled. That was in Gethsemane. This was before the religious leaders and when he was before Pilate. It was there as he hung there on the cross, giving his life as a ransom for many. This is the cup Jesus would drink, the baptism that he would be baptized with. Talk about getting used to different when it comes to glory. As Jesus hung there upon that cross, the world looked and saw a defeated and weak man. Yet Jesus was anything but. This was glory for Jesus. Glory because suffering himself and sacrificing himself when no one else would or no one else could, he ransomed us back to God. Because there was a slavery that all of us were trapped in, a slavery that we willingly wallowed in. It's a slavery to sin. For our purposeful and accidental rebellion against God, we are rightfully condemned as slaves. Christ's glory is this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's nothing good in us, nothing that we can do that could ever pay this back to God. But giving up his life, Jesus paid the ransom for you, for me, for everyone. And then he takes us by the hand and he says, Get used to different. Not just because God wants us to be different, but because God has made us different. He has made us what we were not, and this makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world to James and John. Think about it. Before Jesus died, they were not willing to go through suffering or persecution. In fact, they fled from it in Gethsemane. But after Jesus rose from the dead, they were willing to go through that. It's amazing how Jesus showing his power over death has a power to change James and John. They were now willing to drink the cup that Jesus would give them. They were now willing to be baptized with the baptism that Jesus was baptized with. They were willing to stand for the gospel, to suffer for the gospel, even till death, for what they believed. And so the same is true for us. When Jesus says, get used to different, he has made us that different he is calling us to be. Different when it comes to how we view glory. Different in how we view service. That difference turns the world upside down. And it's something that we constantly need to work on because we see the world in a different way. None more so different than when it comes to service. Now, when the ten other disciples had heard what James and John had asked, they were upset, frustrated, angry, indignant. But maybe not so much that James and John asked that question, but because they felt that they deserved just as much. They felt that they deserved the responsibility. They deserved the honor. They deserved being at Jesus' right or at Jesus' left. They were no better than James and John. And it 
provided Jesus an opportunity to teach them a little bit of what not only glory looks like in his kingdom, but what service looks like as well. He said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their high officials exercise authority over them. And this next sentence is key. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. It's that transitional sentence that's so important. This is the way the world acts, but not so with you. Jesus isn't just saying that, that his disciples are going to or should act a little differently. He's saying that if you follow Jesus, you will act differently. You will serve others. You will make yourself a slave to others. And if you're not willing to do that, you are not following me. So get used to different. Christian views this service in a whole new light. Even in a whole new light than, than the way the world views service. There's plenty of people in the world that will say, yes, I want to serve others, and that's great, but how much of it is really to, to puff themselves up, to, to have that acclamation from others that says, wow, look at how much you gave to other people. That's not the way the Christian views service. The Christian views service to build others up, not themselves. To put others forward, to give honor and glory to others. And most of all, to give honor and glory and to put God first. In fact, the less glorious that the world sees this service, the more glorious it is to God. And it can be done in the most simple of ways. A mom changing diapers. That service. A husband washing the dishes or taking out the trash. That service. Helping out a neighbor mow the grass or rake their leaves. That service. A young family who brings their young children to church, even though they don't get anything out of it, to show how important God's house and what a priority God's house should be. It's staying late after church to clean up after the coffee because everyone else has left. It's sacrificing some of your busy schedule to help others out at church or with the church. It's countless opportunities to be able to serve others. Are you looking for them? Remember, Jesus says, not only is this a way a Christian should act, this is the way a Christian will act. And only God can give us that desire and strength to do that. And I pray he does. You want glory? Suffer for the sake of the gospel. Stand up for what is right and call out what is wrong, no matter what people may think of you or how outdated they may say your views are. You want greatness? Serve your family your friends, your neighbor, your church, thinking not about you but about God. Then you will see his glory. Then you will see his greatness. 
get used to different because this different is greater and more glorious amen now may he who began a good work in you carry it out to completion on the day of jesus christ our lord amen